Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 84 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, second technician, Fuzzer Forrester, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder for this episode are Head of Station Entertainment's Mr. Christopher Jarvis. Good evening, folks. Threat has been detected. Really? Excellent. Head of uh, Health and Safety, Mr. Ben Moss Woodward. What on earth is Jarvis doing there? I'm not doing anything. I'm not doing anything. Is that grand? Is that grand misbehaving in the background? You're not on the show. Go away. <laughs> uh, and finally, also head of station archives, we have Mr. Colin Ford. Evening, Colin. Good evening. Although I am quite scared that anything I say will be overwritten at some point. Yeah, and let's just give a little bit of background on this. We were talking before the show about the the fact that we were going to have uh, a quick sort of community corner, a bit of shout-out for a guy called Hugh Mann, who does some wonderful parody songs that were based in the Elite Dangerous Universe, and we've all been getting quite excited because they are quite good. Uh, and then Grant decided he would point out to us that uh, Psycho Cow might have actually written and sung a few parody songs of his own, but we just seem to brush over and completely ignore that they were there, which we haven't ignored. Everybody remembers Don't Shoot Me Snuffler and You Spin me round round but uh, unfortunately uh, Grant has taken his toys and uh, is not playing with us anymore apart from the fact he still has to host the show so if there's any uh, ghosts in the shell it's actually going to be Mr. Wilcott for this episode so he's not on the show but he's just here to uh, to, <laughs> to get his own back on the rest of us isn't that right Grant? Yeah I'm put it this way he, load up he's the live radio equivalent of Peeves the poltergeist from Hogwarts yeah exactly at least for this episode he's going to be our Peeves because he's a bit peeved about the fact that we didn't talk about his parodies in the same way that we talked about humans' parodies, or at least the way that we're going to talk about humans' parodies later on the show. Uh, anyway, before we kick off on that, let's find out what people have been up to this week. Uh, I'm going to come to you last, Jarvis, because I think you've been doing exciting things. So we'll start with Ben, who I'm sure you've also been doing exciting things. I've honestly not been doing anything exciting. All I've the most exciting thing I've been doing is the. Um, the, oh, the Builder Station community goal and getting pirated by people in Emperor's Grace and some really awesome pirates by pirating by the ROA guys, which actually did their job right. And I gave them a nice hundred, um, oh, 75 tons of gold for not being idiots. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I'm doing the same community goal, and I was also pirated. It's the first time I have been pirated uh, by a player in game. Um, I've been destroyed by players in game, but I've never actually been uh, pulled out of Super Cruise and contacted. And they said, uh, "Wait, whilst we scan you." They scanned me, and they said, "Right, we'd like uh, forty uh, forty tons of your metal, please." To which yeah. I replied, "Forty." Question mark, question mark. I have a family to feed. How about 20? And then they came back and said, well, we'll take 30. And I was like, okay, done. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, but um, this guy won't haggle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to, I mean, I don't know from their perspective, but I haggled with mine as well. They asked for 100. And I was like, yeah, I did the same as you. Let's, how about 50? And then we met in the middle again. No, I, I, th I yeah. thought it was really good. Um, however, exactly. there was... Um, that he was in a python, I was in a python, so obviously I'm a, yeah, I'm a ridiculous care bear, call me what you want, but uh, I thought, you know, the, these odds are just not stacked in my favour, he's got exactly the same ship as me, so therefore he's going to kill me. Uh, if he'd been in a sidewinder, I probably would have, you know, 
ran away as well because I'm a bit of a coward like that. <laughs> However, um, the the bizarre thing was, and I, I did sort of contact him in game and said, you know, you're, you're quite bold, you're quite brave because according to my scans, you've got no shields at all. And I took a screenshot of it and it you know, showed that his shields were completely switched off. And he said, really? Well, that's odd because my shields are at 100% and I've got, you know, crates and crates worth of uh, shield cells uh, on the ship as well. So it must be a bug. So I don't know if uh, Frontier are aware that there, there could be a bug that suggests that people are actually a lot more uh, of a better target than they actually are in the game. So uh, I, will be, I will be logging that one. Um, but I am glad that I didn't open up on him and, uh, and take a few pot shots because it sounds like that he probably would have kicked my ass uh, because I'm not a great pilot when it comes to combat. So, um, but still, I enjoyed the, uh, I enjoyed the interaction. Uh, I enjoyed not getting my ass handed to me. I enjoyed a bit of a chat. So, yeah, pirating done correctly, I think. Exactly. I'm all, all in favour of, of proper pirates <laughs> as opposed to um, Richard Hobbs who just kill you. Yeah, knobs. We, we yeah. came to the the, equi- the equivalent last week that they are knobs. <laughs> knobs as opposed to noobs, uh, which we can get into uh, how I'm a noob a little bit later on. Uh, Colin, you did something very similar to me this weekend, so why don't you start and I'll join in for the chorus. Right, well, this weekend I was in, well, for Saturday at least, I was in Hull for the Fantasticon, which was Were the... you really? Yes, I was. And That's I was funny. running... So was I. <laughs> yes. And uh, I was running this little miniatures game of Elite Dangerous for everybody's perusal and amusement, uh, which seemed to go down very well, even though I was uh, up at, well, I think, one o'clock in the morning putting the final painting touches to the clipper that scared the <laughs> life out of everybody. Yeah, the clipper was a fantastic model, it really was. Um, and I think that's probably some of the, uh, the bulk of the feedback that you've got from the game, isn't it? Once you posted those pictures online, everybody's just drooling over this uh, this plastic uh, clipper model. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the the Ferdinand and uh, the Clipper, everybody just went mental for. And ironically, those aren't the ships that I would start the pack with if I if I ever got anywhere with it. Um, but <laughs> but they would be um, add-on packs if 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 uh, the gods smiled on me and and someone said, "Hey, this is a really good idea. Please." do this game for us but yeah you see i just don't understand what people are getting out there because i came over and i looked at the miniatures game which looked amazing but by far and away the most standout ship on that board at any time was the orange sidewinder uh, miniature that you had created yes the orange sidewinder miniature that i created and gave to you as a present and you were so careful with it you left it there <laughs> and i, I, I see hereby it. demote you to third tech <laughs> If I hadn't been to the other side of the Humber Bridge before I realised that it wasn't in my car, I honestly, I would have turned around and come back and picked it up again. I was that distraught that I'd <laughs> left it behind. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was racing back down, uh, back down the country trying to put the kids to bed. So uh, I, had, I had a day pass to come to Fantasticon. Um, yeah. So uh, I was Very literally I was on a bit of a tight schedule. Uh, but the fantastic yeah. Dave Hughes has uh, has kindly picked it up and is going to be bringing it back down to me when he's next in my uh, my neck of the woods. So uh, yeah. thank you for Dave. Uh, what else do you see at Fantasticon then? Let's uh, let's do a quick rundown of uh, of the yeah, elite community event. Well, let's see. There was um, some Oculus Rifts in the corner and uh, a few. Uh, uh, Google Cardboards. Uh, there was a massive Q and A session and uh, an, an explanation session by uh, three of the Frontier staff, which was Michael Brooks, Antonio, and Edwards, and sort of 
<laughs> Edward, and uh, they went through uh, the the video uh, that they show of the buggy assault and confirmed that that massive ship flying in there is in fact the Federal Corvette. So ah, everybody, everybody just went, a little bit, but everyone just that is the Federal Corvette, is it? That is the Federal Corvette. The reason they said that was is because basically they were doing a suicide run. The base uh, that they were actually assaulting in that video um, is a bit rock hard. So they decided that uh, let's bring in the big, a big ship. And when they went through how big that ship is and what guns it's got on it, I think everybody, there was, there was muffled silence and awe, to be honest. Yeah. Well, how big is this and how many guns does it have? Come on. No, I'm not going to tell you. You'll have to find these things up for yourself. Because you weren't there. And to be honest, <laughs> uh, and to be honest, it's it's going to be a fun one to to watch people dock. Remember when everybody started with the the Type Nine and there were Type Nines exploding everywhere because no one knew how to fly it properly. I can see exactly the same thing happening all over again. Really? Is it, is it the size of a Type 9? I, I, I thought it was more something along the line of the, the sort of dropship size or, you know, maybe the third lance with a clipper. I thought it was bigger than, uh, than both of them. Really? Mm-hmm. This is the biggest, the biggest flyable federal ship in the game, which I was under the impression that it was bigger than the Anaconda. Really interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting, because I've just kind of spent all my money um, on various bits and bobs so i no longer have the sort of money that i'd need is it going to be one of these ones that's locked down to a federal rank as well because i'm quite yes into it role playing my uh, my independence so um yes it's one of these ones which will be linked to a federal rank and you can expect it to be very very high um on top of that i think that um Everybody's getting quite excited about what the uh, imperial equivalent will be because um let's be honest it'll look it'll look prettier <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, hmm. So what have we had? We've had the Clipper, we've had the we've had the Courier. Is the Courier out there, the Imperial Courier? Yeah, the Imperial Courier's out there. This one is the Imperial Cutter that they have, they've announced. Uh, and then there's also this new ship that no one, they didn't give any details on, which was the, I think it was the Keel Hauler, the Lake and Keel Hauler. Uh, and all the others they've, we really know about because they're the um, uh, you know the Viper Mark IVs, the Cobra Mark IVs, uh, uh, the Aspics, the uh, the Asp Scouts, and and so on. So we know about those. But they didn't announce one extra thing, which was that the Hunter, which is the little tiny Imperial fighter, that's coming to CQC. Really? Oh, that yep. is interesting. Yes, and I am going to love to fly one of those, because if they're anything like the Condor, they'll be so much fun. Now, if you remember way, 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 way back, um, we saw the concept art for those particular Imperial ships, and they were more like uh, motorcycles inside. I'm not sure if they're going to keep that design. Um, but they had the pilot sort of haunched over because it was such a small ship. You're literally sort of lying forward as if you were riding a sort of a light cycle. Um, so it'll be interesting to see whether or not they've kept that particular design going or whether or not they've got a more standard cockpit um, for for that one. I do know one thing is that if you do end up in combat with them, they do pop quite easily. So, well, yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> I'm just actually watching in-game. I should really figure out who this is that's flying around. Oh, it's, it's you, um, Chris. Um, you do realise that your skin, I'm going to take a photograph of that, uh, print screen, the Lavecon skin, 
when you've got your lights on, you've got you're driving a Cobra at the moment with the, the Lavecon uh, decal on it, uh, but it actually looks very much like a pumpkin. The way the lights are all, uh, all shining on it, it looks like you've got two eyes and a mouth. Special uh, Halloween edition. Cool. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'll post a picture of that online after the uh, <laughs> after the podcast is done. Awesome. Um, okay, let's uh, let's quickly jump into the. Um, oh, let's not quickly jump into the development news because I'm missing someone out. I'm missing someone out that's actually had quite an exciting few days. Uh, Mr. Jarvis, why don't you tell us what you've been up to? Okay, yeah. So my uh, Kickstarter for the Chaos Reborn full cast audio um, went live yesterday. Um, <laughs> For those of you who are listening uh, who haven't been following it uh, or don't know anything about <laughs> what we do or what I've been doing, um, <laughs> some time ago I uh, produced the Elite Dangerous unofficial sort of audio drama series Escape Velocity uh, and from there kind of went on into sort of making more and more uh, audio dramas and audio books and things um, and after sort of meeting Julian Gollop at Lavecon uh, we got into a bit of a chat and came to an agreement to do some full cast audio dramas based on his game Chaos Reborn which we love on this show. Um, so my Kickstarter for that went live yesterday alongside the version 1.0 of Chaos Reborn uh, being released on Steam. Um, and yeah, yesterday was a was an absolutely fantastic and mind-blowing day. Uh, we got, I think by the time I went to bed, we'd got to 40% of the target for, for for episode one, which is the the initial target we want to get to. So that's an absolutely fantastic first day for me. Uh, and thank you so much uh, from the bottom of my heart to everybody who's um, backed it. Um, and, you know, and people who've put in silly backings as well. You know who you are. <laughs> um, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, it's just amazing. Um, the total we're currently sitting at, so t- to get to episode one, uh, the initial total for Kickstarter is 2,500. Uh, it's currently sitting on 1,242. So we are eight pounds away from being at 50%. Um, <laughs> so those so if people anyone are listening, listening live, do, <laughs> yeah. Go do that. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's been really interesting because we've got a whole bunch of, you know, because I've been sitting and working on this thing for a while. Um, and only a few people have sort of seen the detail. And it's interesting to see who's backing at different levels and, and, and what things people are going for. Um, the credit card USB sticks are proving to be massively popular. Um, much more so than, than, than uh, you know, thought they would be. Um, and, yeah, it's just really good. And the response I've had to the, the video and the little... There's a little five-minute um, audio drama scene that you can listen to on the... Um, uh, on the campaign page. Uh, on the campaign page, that's what I'm looking for. Um, and, the, you know, getting great responses about that. And, you know, it's and it's really nice. You know, it's nice to see people coming in and backing that obviously I do know. Um, and there's obviously, a, you know, there's a little bit of a thrill when kind of names come through where I have absolutely no idea who they are um, because that makes me sort of feel a bit like the, the you know, the word is getting out there because I'm not, I'm not the world's most expert marketeer. Um, so for news about the, the Kickstarter to be getting out to people who, you know, are on my Facebook friends list, it's, it's kind of really good news. Um, so yeah, it's been, you know, it's been fantastic. I'm feeling really good about it at the moment. Um, and I'm really hoping, you know, obviously, probably being overconfident at this stage i'm really hoping that we can get a couple of stretch goals in uh, and get multiple episodes um backed because the thing is i mean people have, have commented to me that there's there's this weird kind of gulf between like the 35 quid pledge level and the next one's 130 um and it's because all the really cool 
back of stuff that's between 30 and 100 pounds is all kind of box set related stuff so it's all things that are dependent on us making more than one episode so i haven't made those pledge levels available yet so if we can kind of get to a a multi-episode backing scenario then there'll be a whole load of other things uh, that kind of appear Um, and some of the things that are there just as one-offs like there's obviously my own personal copy of the script um which is on there and i think it's gone already uh let me just check i'm pretty sure it's gone <laughs> whilst he does that guys yeah, if you do no, want to go and check it out nice and easily if it's a tiny url.com forward slash chaos audio no the... it's not tiny url.com forward slash chaos reborn audio yeah i think you might find the chaos audio works as well oh if someone else has done one then that's fine yeah i did it earlier on oh okay so chaos audio tinyurl.com forward slash chaos audio will take you to the page you're using up all the tiny urls for if i ever do a second series (laughs) i'm really sorry i'm I'm, I'm joking joking. so if we get um so if we get into kind of you know more episodes then obviously there'll be another director script available so another one of those items will kind of go up and like i say there's box sets and there's all kinds of other things um but it's cool that people are getting in on the the usb card pledge level because one of the things i wanted to do was to reward people who who kind of come into the kickstarter as early as possible um and people who back at the usb card level now will get all the episodes that we fund um but what i'm going to do is once we then get into potentially you know lots of episodes that current usb card level is going to be locked to the people that have got it and it'll go back on at a slightly higher amount um so it's really it's you know the, the mechanism of that is to try and get people to kind of back up front rather than kind of waiting for day 29 um and uh uh yeah it should be awesome and i don't know if people have seen anyone who was at the um elite dangerous launch party will have seen the usb cards um that fantastic books did for the elite audiobooks um they're gonna be they're going to be the same, uh, they're not they're not the same because they'll look different. Um, but it is like a, it's it looks like a credit card with nice full color art printed front and back, um, and the the USB stick kind of folds out, uh, and it'll it'll easily store the whole it'll easily store the whole series, and you'll probably have room to put some other stuff on it if you need <laughs> if you need storage. Um, so I don't know what else to to say at this moment. Oh, someone's been in. Yeah, someone someone's been, been in. in. We're now at halfway, so we well done for that. 50%. Thank you very much. Um, everyone else, please don't stop there. <laughs> please do just, you know, come in. And, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be good. And, um, uh, yeah, just really excited about it. And um, I, think it'll be, I think it'll be a great series. And, you know, do have a listen to the, the free um, little five-minute scene. Um, and... Um, uh, you know, it's just, I know, I know it's, you know, it's not elite, but it's, it's funny. It's because we kind of love it because it's another game that I think was released the same year as elite. Yeah. Um, because you know, us guys, we just love stuff that was out on the spectrum in the eighties. I think frankly, <laughs> you guys, if I, if I turned around and said I was going to do audio drama based on Chucky egg, none of you. Would oh, Chucky egg. Yes. <laughs> audio on Chucky egg. That would be amazing. I mean, I'm really not going to do that. Can we get really? Manic Miners? Really? Audio drama. 
<laughs> yeah, but um, so you know that's where we are, and um, and again, just thank you hugely so much to to, to people that have been impacted. Um, let me just see uh, who that is. Grant says that the person that's tipped us up to fifty percent uh, is Commander Human. So you know we do. Oh. <laughs> we, do have to, we do have to be nice to him. Uh, uh, and yeah. that's, that's just awesome, guys. Thank you. Um, and I am also continuing to work. I do get some messages about um, uh, the Elite Dangerous thing. The, the Elite Dangerous Patreon page uh, is still going to go live on the 7th of uh, November. And I'm still doing the 12-hour Twitch stream, which will be from midday to midnight on the 8th of November. Uh, and I'll be doing like a guided tour in game of the the locations from Escape Velocity, uh, which having done some research on that in the last couple of days, it's going to be interesting. Um, and uh, there's going to be guests on who are actors from the show. Hopefully some of you guys will come on for a bit. Uh, and I'm still just kind of working out everything that's going to be in it. But it's going to be a great stream. Um, I'm going to be auctioning off, if I can figure out how to do it through Twitch, um, the original scripts for the previous episodes of Escape Velocity. I would say 11. There's actually only 10 of them. Um, (laughs) Because I gave one of them to Dave Hughes um, for one of his charity streams that he did. So it's not a complete set, unfortunately. Um, But yeah, that that is still very much going ahead. Uh, I just haven't got many details because I am all go on Chaos Reborn this week. No, and it's fantastic because uh, I've listened to your your five minute sample from the the campaign, and it, it's great. And it, it's exactly the same reason why I love the uh, the audio stuff that you did for Elite Dangerous because you've got access, I believe, to the the sound bank that um, Snapshot Games are using. So all the games, all the game sounds that you hear when you're playing the game, uh, are going to be translated across into the the audio dramas as well. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, you know I want the uh, I want the game to sound like Chaos Reborn and sound authentic. Um, there's a, there's going to be a bit more invention that I'm going to have to kind of do in there because um, the wizards obviously wear these great hulking kind of steampunk um, suits when they're when they're battling. Um, and obviously as well, the in terms of the audio drama, um, clearly I'm not going to make four one hour scenes which are wizards battling. <laughs> <laughs> there's going to be there's going to be a lot more to it than just wizards throwing spells at each other, um, so it's going to be a whole kind of fantasy soundscape thing. Uh, and we've got some, you know, we've got great stories lined up um, based on. And again, similar to Escape Velocity, uh, the stories are based on the sorts of things you encounter as a player. So I'm hoping that for people who love Chaos Reborn, that it'll feel like a kind of quite familiar journey. Um, and I'm also hoping that people who, you know, like the audio drama, that this will be kind of a gateway thing into coming to Chaos Reborn, because it really is a fantastic game. Yeah, no, it really it's is. It's well worthy of people's time. So, that, also so some of the, while we're um, talking about the Kickstarter, I will say as well, there is a pledge level in there to get a game license and an audio download, because Julian Gollop very kindly donated a whole bunch of game licenses to us that we could give away as part of the Kickstarter. Um, so on the plus side, that gets you into Chaos Reborn, and that's brilliant. Uh, on the less plus side, obviously, you'll have to wait until the Kickstarter is funded and finished before we can make <laughs> those rewards available to people. So apologies, that's a 30-day wait on uh, Chaos Reborn licenses. I'm sure they won't mind. <laughs> I hope so. Okay, just... Uh... 
taking it back to uh, Elite Dangerous, just one of the things that I uh, I forgot to mention to you guys. Uh, like Ben, I've been doing the um, the Builder Station community goal thing, which uh, is not the most exciting community goal. It has to be said, ferrying metals from one place to another. Um, but this is on the back of me doing the uh, very brief but very lucrative um, smuggling runs that have now been, uh, I think it's, it's safe to say they've now been nerfed. Is that right, Ben? I think that's fairly safe to say, yeah. I mean, they're not fully nerfed, but they're a lot rarer than they were. Anyway, so I, I, I had a, a decent amount of uh, change um, from doing these smuggling runs. I had about a million credits, and I thought, okay, well, let's just see uh, see how much I can kit out my uh, my Python. So I went and I, I bought the top-rated weapons I could find, fit into the ship, bought some new armor for the ship, Took it out, took it into uh, into space, and thought, right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fire these up. I'm going to fire these weapons up and see uh, see what sort of light show I can get. Nothing, absolutely nothing. Couldn't couldn't figure it out. I thought that something must have happened to uh, to my bindings. I tried absolutely everything. Came back, came out of the game, came back into the game. No, changed all my bindings over. Set alternative keys. Nothing was working at all. Um, so then Ben suggested that I should maybe go and uh, try and get a target. So did that, uh, went to one of these uh, resource extraction sites and uh, pulled out my weapons again. Everything comes out and then they just start firing everywhere. I just couldn't stop them. So from going from not being able to actually fire them, I just couldn't figure out why they were just not not stopping. Uh, took them back to the station thinking, well, something is obviously wrong with my game. Something is absolutely and utterly glitched to hell. And I looked and realized that I'd actually kitted out my entire ship with automated turrets costing like 40 million each (laughs) 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 and you wonder Uh, why you're you're piloting the miniatures games you was flying the the clipper and everyone went we're not going to be able to stand a chance and i said it's fozzer flying and they went oh i'll be all right (laughs) (laughs) but you know when you see it's like this is an automated turret and you've put everything every single weapon slot on my um on my ship because i was flush with this cash uh, I went for the best weapon. I just did not read the fact that they were all automated turrets uh, for every single slot on the ship. Um, and I must have spent the best part of an hour trying to figure out why it was I couldn't shoot, why I couldn't shoot the cargo canisters that were floating in space, or why it was that I couldn't shoot the asteroids that were floating in space. So, uh, yeah, I felt like a bit of a twat, to be honest, when uh, when I figured that one out. But anyway, let's let's uh, move on from that and go swiftly into the um, the development news. Let's talk about the buggies, buggy, 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 buggy. Um, let's They're SRVs, by... not buggies. <laughs> <sighs> really, I thought they were scarabs. Take a drink. They changed it again. <laughs> Well, look, even the, even the devs can't get it right. Even the devs are calling them, uh, calling them buggies as opposed to SRVs. Okay, well, we'll try and get this right then. So, SRVs. So, uh, let's start off with what people thought about the um, the David Braben uh, leaked, leaked, sneak peeked, rather, uh, video that was on uh, YouTube showing the uh, the SRV in a combat situation. Colin, what was your thoughts? Oh, I, I thought, right, this, this is going to be interesting and... Um, as soon as they moved from actual piloting mode into combat mode, which was basically uh, altering things from the turret, I I must admit, for a 44-year-old suddenly just to do um, a squee, as everybody else seems to when they get excited, um, yes, it, it was certainly squeevil. 
because I was there thinking, this this is fantastic. It's, it's combined two of my favourite games of all time, Elite being one of them, and the other one being Battlezone. And I was just there thinking, oh, I am sorted. I don't need to bother about trying to wait for anything else to come up. Awesome. What did you uh, What did you think, Ben? I think Colin's talking about completely the wrong video stream. <laughs> but apart from fun, <laughs> well, I was going to say I was pretty sure that wasn't what I was talking about. Oh, well. I think Fosman was talking about the about one minute long stream where you've got Adam and uh, Michael Brooks and somebody in a very nice looking ship. Oh, doing that a one. mega assault on a base. And that, that video that, looked absolutely awesome. I loved yeah, that but, video. I thought it was so much, so exciting and squeevil. It was brilliant. Yeah, it was very good. But unfortunately, it got a, a, it's been a little bit ellipsed by what's happened tonight. Well, yeah, <laughs> let's not shoot our load completely. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's start with uh, what we've seen. Let's build up from there. <laughs> anyway. Uh, did you see a about, Federal Corvette in, your, uh, in the video tonight? No. So let's take it back to uh, to David Braben's sneak peek. And what do, what do you guys think about these little sneak peeks that seem to be coming out of David Braben's um, sort of personal uh, YouTube channel? Uh, do you think they're a good sort of little tease? Do you think they'd much rather just sort of scrap that and just go straight into the main videos? It's certainly good for getting interest. I'll say that. Um, yeah, I think we're all subscribed to David's uh, channel now, aren't we? Yeah, pretty much. Do you think he's um, bolstering his account for a? He's going to retire from. <laughs> he's going to retire from Frontier and become a YouTube kiddie. <laughs> he's gonna, that's how he's going to make his living. Well, I think with these sort of videos, he must be making a, a fortune from the uh, the revenue feed uh, from the advertising stream on his particular channel. Uh, um, it's not been a good week for uh, streaming on YouTube. You heard all these stories about um, the Japanese game developer Atlas basically just filing copyright injunctions against really small YouTubers. No? Yeah, yeah, there's, there's a story about... And it's not the first... It's interesting, it's not the first time it's come up, because quite famously, earlier in the year, Nintendo stomped on anyone that was streaming Nintendo games and basically said that all the monetizing revenue from YouTube streams of Nintendo's games belonged to them. Um, and after obviously massively misjudging how to manage your social media profile, Nintendo backed down and created this kind of uh, refer-a-sign-up scheme that YouTubers could sign up to, whereby 10% of their revenue would, would go Nintendo's way kind of thing. Um, but this was Atlas basically not bothering to go after the kind of the really big successful YouTube pages, but targeting users that had like eight or nine subscribers and just having their YouTube accounts closed. Oh, nice. Um, and, of course, Atlas of America, the, the American arm of the company, if you wrote to them and kind of said, hey, why is this happening? They'd sort it out and fix it. Uh, but I think, once again, sadly, it's just a demonstration that the kind of, in some respects, the Japanese kind of games industry market just does not understand streaming and doesn't understand how valuable it is to the games industry to have people basically promoting your show for you. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's just by the by. Yeah, well, we do know with with Crash doing his stream on the Friday night, everybody was tuning into that uh, and during the alpha, and it certainly helped Elite Dangerous get a little bit more visibility than people were thinking. So, um, yeah, I think when it, whenever you have big companies going after the small fries like this, it, it, you're just shooting yourself in the foot. 
Yeah, I mean, it's because of nervousness about the whole copyright issue. Um, but I think what games companies need to realise with these kind of streams, seeing, seeing as we're talking about it, is that it's not... It's not piracy in the same way that, like, you know, if you go onto YouTube and someone's put a movie up there, your experience of watching a movie is the same um, if you're watching it on DVD or if you're watching it on YouTube. You're not going to watch it on YouTube and then go and buy it. Whereas with a game, if someone is streaming content of a game, like with all these elite videos and things that are people putting out, your reaction to seeing someone else playing a great game stream is, I want to go and try that. It's no no one looks at a stream of a game and says, "Oh, I've seen that now. I don't need to bother." You see what I mean? So yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and you just got to think of how much uh, publicity Frontier Developments are getting. Obviously, they're a small stu- a small studio. How much promotion has Elite Dangerous got? Because it's one of the most popular games you can see uh, on Twitch at the moment. There's so many channels, so many channels at any one time streaming um, Elite Dangerous content. It's uh, it's really sort of found a place uh, with the streamers out there. So yeah, I mean, Frontier must be sitting back thinking this is great. You know, gets our gets our game out there. Visibility of the things absolutely. F- yeah, phenomenal considering we're not paying for anybody to do this yeah it's fantastic it really is good uh, and I think yeah it is a popular one to stream because apart from anything else Elite is so gorgeous looking yeah absolutely uh, and there's always you know there's always interesting things I mean you talk about the um, you know the, the tour of the galaxy that you're going to do for Escape Velocity you know all that stuff uh, with the commentary as you go through uh, you know it's really interesting and obviously it's not quite um, unless you get into combat it's not really sort of a twitch game so you can actually engage with your audience answer questions talk about things talk about things around the game whereas I think I don't know League of Legends and stuff is one of these things that's just so frantic um, that you have to be very much focused on what you're doing in game and you not sure how much you can react with um interact with your your audience you know yeah yeah that could just be me um okay so as we're not talking about buggy buggy buggies let's talk about some srvs let's talk about the uh the live stream from uh from last week and roll that into the stuff that we saw uh this evening as well so um starting us off um did i hear this evening that the or was this last week that we were told that the the speed that you can get up to on an srv just happened to be uh it was 88 miles per hour there seemed to be a lot of back to the future references in uh, in last week's stream uh obviously with it being back to the future day yes i wonder why that was <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, these things. I mean, we're really now starting to see these things sort of bomb along the uh, the surface. Um, what's, let's take everybody's um, first sort of gut reaction uh, to seeing these uh, SRVs bouncing across planets. Um, ben, what's what's your initial thoughts about how they handle? What the scene look like? Uh, is it going to be fun? Uh, what's your gut feel so far? My gut feel is it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. I mean, even just driving round. Yeah, as they were doing last week, it just it just looked fun just to drive the thing, and and I think I mean I was talking to Adam about it, and you know, Frontier really want to concentrate on making the core game mechanic fun, so they wanted to concentrate on making flying fun, exactly the same. They want to concentrate on making the driving fun, and I we've not tried it yet. We don't know this, but I suspect when we actually get on, we're just going to squee and we're just going to, we're going to have so much fun just driving around, you know, not doing anything, just driving, just like back in alpha when we first got our hands on the controls of a Cobra or a Sidewinder back in alpha. And it was just so gorgeous just to fly the thing. 
Yeah, definitely. And obviously the beta is going to be out at some point uh, before Christmas. Hopefully the, the actual uh, new update is going to be out before Christmas as well. So uh, if we have time this episode, we're going to get to a topic that we've been trying to discuss for a few weeks now, which is um, <laughs> whether or not people yes. play betas and the impact of uh, betas on people's uh, eventual um, gameplay when the, uh, when the launch actually goes live. Um, so, without getting into too much of that, uh, Colin, what do you think of the stuff that you've seen so far? Okay, which stuff in particular? Because I know... <laughs> I am no, we're just rolling it all into one, mate. So, uh, right. tell me anything about the, the way the buggy handles, the way it goes across the ground, the way you've seen the controls, does it look like it's going to be fun, all of that yeah. jazz. Right, well, f- basically, as far as I'm concerned, the handling of the buggy is exactly what I wanted to see. It, it seemed to, uh, you seem to be able to drift with it, you're able to do silly handbrake turn manoeuvres with it. Basically, um, you even doing jumps and rolls with it, uh, as was demonstrated tonight by, uh, by Adam. Um, it, it just looks absolutely s- mental. I think the best phrase would be. Um, I'm, I'm waiting to see everybody see who can jump the cobra the highest, or in some cases it'll be jump the anaconda. But if you're going to be able to land an anaconda, that's going to be a challenge and a half. So, but as far as actually the actual performance of the buggies itself, I thought, yeah, that's that they've got it spot on. It's exactly what I'm looking for, and, uh, and I'm and I'm very happy, happy punter just seeing that. <laughs> Jarvis, I know you've been busy with your Kickstarter. What, what have you been able to pick up? Have you seen any of this stuff? Uh, I saw some of the stuff last week. I haven't seen tonight's stream, obviously. Um, but I absolutely loved uh, David's video. I think the thing that really got me about it was because obviously I'd watched um, the stream they'd done last week where they were doing lots of driving around in the SRV. And that was fantastic, watching them barrel kind of in and out of craters. Um, and then there were some questions that came into them about... Uh, weapons and things and they were sort of saying on that stream oh we're not quite ready to show you you know shooting yet so when I started watching David's video I thought oh he's showing off the guns on the SRV this is the feature that they've added you know since um, the the Tuesday stream and then suddenly this big ship kind (laughs) of barrels into view and I was this sort of whoa I was not expecting that Uh, so yeah I mean planetary landings you know has got me really excited about uh, about the game um and, and I absolutely love it. I mean, it's going to be, uh, again, you know, we kind of say it as a joke, but um, I, I am also one of the people who loved all the ground vehicle sections in the first Mass Effect. Yeah. Um, I love, in the, you know, 60 minutes I got to play of Batman Arkham Knight before, <laughs> yeah. Rage, before Rage refunding it on Steam, um, the handling of the, 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 the Batmobile when it's in kind of grounded tank mode where you've kind of you know you're 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 shuffling left right forwards and backwards with with a mounted gun love that so you know i love this sort of thing and um uh i'm i'm really looking forward to getting my hands on an srv um and someone someone the other day commented about oh they're going to be you know you're going to have to work srv scenes into uh escape velocity (laughs) technically if you go back and listen to series one episode four of escape velocity um there are some. Yes. Yeah, there's, there's a ground vehicle section in that, but yeah, I mean, obviously, um, with the thing that's interesting about whatever Frontier add is because they're not just adding a vehicle feature; they're adding kind of gameplay elements that go with it. It'll be really interesting to see what the SRV opens up, um, and ditto for you know the first-person mode when that rolls rolls around. 
because uh, I think, particularly on the inside of space stations, I think we're going to see more gameplay there than perhaps we expect. No, interesting, yeah. Um, anybody got any comments on about the fact of the uh, the control system and the fact that uh, it's obviously uh, you know, the same controls as you see in your ship? So you've got the joystick and you've got the, um, the, the, uh, the, the thruster uh, as well. Um, that's Frontier actually commented on that in last week's stream, where and they were basically saying that they were they weren't originally planning that kind of control mechanism, but then as they actually started playing the playing around with the scarabs or the SRVs, uh, of which the scarab is one, then they actually found that you spend that much time jumping that having a throttle and controlling the thrusters and the roll and the yaw and everything like that of your buggy just makes sense. Otherwise, you're going to wind up damaging your your vehicle instead of landing it properly because you, ju- you don't have the gravity to keep you locked to the ground. So that's, that's apparently why they've done it. And, of course, it saves resources and just... It means that it makes sense from their perspective as well, I guess, but... It also makes sense from an actual in-game mechanics as well. Although one thing I did see was when they were actually firing the gun, uh, firing, uh, being engaged in combat in tonight's stream, I did think that, oh, um, yeah, joystick control isn't as precise as mouse and keyboard when it comes to this kind of thing. I completely uh, agree there, yeah. But... I, I still think it's a viable control option, because the last thing I want to do is sort of go, all oh, right, now I'm in the buggy, swap over to the mouse. Uh, I, I just want to keep it all in all, all on the one control method, I think. I don't yeah, know, I mean, I can see I, myself... Are you going or am I going? You go for it. Okay, I can see myself, the way, certainly the way that my, my layout is, I've got my joystick in front of my keyboard, and it takes like a second for me to move my hand onto my mouse and keyboard if I'm flying the turret. So I can see myself at least trying that. Whether it's going to be better or not, I have no idea, but... Yeah, and okay, maybe, uh, maybe we can talk a little bit about that then. Um, again, I only saw the last uh, sort of five minutes of the stream this evening after I put the kids to bed. So uh, one of the things I did see, though, is they've got the sentries um, flying over, you know, obviously the ones that you need to take out. Uh, there did seem that there was this, like a separate uh, view that you could go into to man your turrets, which is separate from you know, the, the, uh, the driving view. Is that right? That's completely right, and that's what I was squeeing about earlier. So you literally you, you jump into your turrets in the same way as you know, <laughs> as if you're in the uh, in Star Wars and you're in the Millennium Falcon. You go down into your turret view and you can uh, you literally just control the turrets of your uh, of your SRV. Well, no, you don't control the turret of the SRV. You're obviously able to evade uh, and control your scarab while you're also firing your turret. Now. Okay. Um, yeah, that, and that's what I mean, because I could see that the Scarab would be able to strafe while you were actually firing your turret, which, no, while you're also firing, which led me back to, of course, the, uh, the, the comparison with Battlezone. And that is, like I was saying earlier, as Battlezone is one of my favourite games outside of Elite, I don't think I'm ever going to be playing anything else. <laughs> Uh, so you, yes, you have all your eggs in one basket. Why would you possibly need to go anywhere else? Um, 
Okay, so um, let's have a look, quick look. We've got some uh, some information from um, from the Reddit team from uh, from last week, just to to run down some of the things that were picked up there, some of the stuff that we might have missed. Um, the SRV can equip different modules, uh, and you can outfit them, same as we outfit a ship. Uh, has any information popped up about what those different modules might be? I don't really know. We haven't had any information okay. on that at all. Now, Ed was talking on the stream tonight that uh, there's lots more information uh, going to be dropped over the next couple of weeks. They're going to do uh, another live stream about the SRVs next week at the same time. Um, so they're obviously they're, they're obviously keeping enough back so that they can uh, they, they can populate a few more streams before it actually goes live. So uh, <laughs> I would imagine modules and some of the different types of missions are um, are going to crop up uh, as the weeks go by. But maybe that would be things like I don't know different different sensors. Can we speculate different sensors, different things for you know uh, salvage and different things for I don't know like mines to blow uh, to blow up doors and blow up some of these bases. Oh, yeah, I think we can uh, expect a whole raft of new modules coming in. Um, I think one of the uh, the main... Uh, well, we're going to need all these little additional bits just to be able to make the gameplay work. Because uh, so, uh, all we've seen so far has been the fact that you can pick up two tons of cargo and you've got guns. Yeah, it'd be nice to see uh, a SAM launcher or something like that for the SRV. <laughs> Mm. Just to strafe, strafe down those ships you see flying overhead, trying mm. to make a bombing run on the Orient or something like that. Um, did, did they have they mentioned it all tonight? Obviously, I'll go and catch up with the stream. But uh, one of the things that struck me about their video last week, they, there was a point where they were driving kind of backwards in a circle for quite a long time, um, and it struck me that there were no tire tracks in the dust. I was going to say that. Yes. Well, uh, funny if you mentioned that. Um, they didn't actually. Uh, show any tire tracks in the dust, but they did actually show dust coming up. So as you're driving along, they they suddenly stopped and started to reverse, and you suddenly saw a big plume of dust come up from your tires, but you didn't leave any tire tracks. Yeah. I, I think I think you know <laughs> I think that might be a little bit much to ask, really. But, but I don't know. Yeah, no, if you consider, if you consider yeah. everything that the Cobra engine is doing at any given moment, with rendering, you know, they've talked about the entire star field being a live representation of actual stars in game, and there's all the other stuff that's going on with the ships. Actually, applying a bit of a tire deformation to the planet's surface is pretty small fry. <laughs> Yeah, I'm with Jarvis on this one. It was one of the things I picked up straight away, the fact that, you know, you expect it to be like the uh, the moon buggy. Oh, uh, you know, making picky. No, it is picky. And, it, you know, who's to say that uh, it's not going to be in the uh, the final release? I know there's lots of things. There's a few glitches out there in terms of, you know, the black spots on planets and some of the, um, you know, some of the rendering, like, not particularly working as, uh, as well as it's going to be. And they're fixing these things all the time. So, you know, what's to say it's not going to be in there? But I would like to see it in there. Not least because it could also act as uh, you know a trail of breadcrumbs uh, if you're going mm. far off into the distance. You know to be able to follow your tire tracks back would just be a very easy way to get back to where you parked your ship. <laughs> yeah, awesome. <laughs> you know, and it's it's a reality thing. You know, if you drive one of these things on one of these planets, yeah, you're bound to leave tracks more than just sort of kicking up dust. Mm. So uh, yeah, I'm with Jarvis. I would definitely yeah. like to see this included in the game. Ben, Ben's getting crazy in chat, so should we just keep talking? Yeah, no, keep to be honest, talking. I'm not even He's looking at the chat. <laughs> I know you're not blanking while looking at the blanking chat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not on my screen. 
Ben, I'm sorry. Did you have something you'd like to add? I just want to ask a silly little question. We're on the moon, for the sake of argument. Uh-huh. You leave a little track behind you. Uh-huh. You go away. That track is going to be there for the next bazillion years. Uh-huh. Can you imagine what is going to be... It's, yes, I completely agree with you. For sake of reality, I would love it. For sake of actual logistics, leaving tracks behind you effectively, indefinitely, until somebody else rolls over them. Uh, no, you see, it's all about a lot of, of work. No, no, no. no, no. It's all about of di- no, suspension of disbelief. You know, once my session ends, I don't give a crap if the tax, uh, tracks oh. are left behind. It's, you know, it's just <laughs> in my particular session. They could do what uh, World of Warcraft, I think, did, and you've got, like, your tracks fading out, sort of, say, 100 yards behind you or something. That does not work in my breadcrumb analogy. No, I know it doesn't, but your your breadcrumb analogy can't work, because if you're there and I'm there, you're either going to do it right, in which case then it gets absolutely crazy stuff, or you want your breadcrumb analogy to work, but your breadcrumb analogy should work if you log off, if you come back. And, yeah, you know, you, you draw a great big X on your system saying, I am here, and you've spent half an hour driving a great big X showing where the, the pirate base is, and then you come back into the day, get, game the next day, you're going to be, where the hell's my X? No, you see, I, I'm fine with that. I would just think that, uh, you know, a freak asteroid has come and imploded somewhere near around, you've got a new crater, and it's just kicked loads of dust over my tracks. So, yeah, I, no, can, I can believe It's either that. all or nothing. And it can't be all. No, I don't think it has to be all or nothing. I think there's a middle ground in there. I do. I do like the idea of drawing a big X on a planet with your um, your, your <laughs> SRV, though. I really do quite like that. Or Foz was here, you know, that you can see from space. I, I wouldn't mind spending a week doing that. Let's, yeah. Let us be honest. That is not what most people do. <laughs> yes, that, that's another good reason for not uh, doing it. I would like to welcome you to the penis planet. Oh. <laughs> you, will, you, will, you will note I have drawn the entire shape in a single smooth line. Oh dear, but better still because you, you you draw it um, you draw it sort of soft on one side and then as it goes round you go on the are other side. Talk, and it are goes we still talking about penises? <laughs> yes, we are. Oh God. Anyway, moving on. I would genuinely draw. Uh, did anyone ever watch the cartoon uh, The Tick? Yes. Yes. Oh, it was hugely underrated. But I love the fact that in a really early episode, the villain Chairhead got three letters into writing his name on the moon with a laser. But then for the rest of the series, whenever you saw the moon, it still had CHA. <laughs> and I loved that consistency. So the first thing I'd do is find a moon and just write CHA on it in real <laughs> And see who actually uh, yeah, understood the joke. <laughs> Oh, okay, let's let's move on from Penis Planet and go on to um, other information that we've found out uh, over the last couple of weeks. So um, the SRVs have shields. Uh, we haven't seen them yet. They haven't been switched on during the live um, streams. Oh, but, uh, they have. They have been switched on, have they? Yeah, they were, they were on tonight. You actually saw in the combat that the, the, the SRVs have got shields and the power management there can deal with it. And another thing that we actually saw tonight was actually a planetary, a, a proper planetary approach. We never yeah. saw them land... That was right on at the earlier the part of the stream, but you could actually see how the difference uh, is flying a cobra in close to the planet than it is actually outside. 
Um, okay, so explain the explain for those people that haven't been following the newsletter or haven't been uh, following the streams how it works from arriving into system, super cruising to a planet, and then deciding that you're going to go down onto the surface. Well, you you, you flip through to this planetary drive thing, <laughs> uh, and it kind of takes over from the same way the super cruise does. And you slow and you go down to the planet, and as you approach the planet, the flight characteristics of your of your ship uh, change, so it's a little bit more. Um, difficult to handle uh, the bigger the ship is. So flying a Sidewinder, there's not that much difference and you, could, you can probably f- uh, fly around the, the canyons thinking, yes, I'm in an X-Wing here, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's dead on. Uh, but then you try the same in something like a Type 7 and you'll find that, my God, I'm, I'm trying to keep the Titanic afloat. Okay, so... Um and is that seamless? Because obviously, as it currently works at the moment in the current build, is if you get too close to a planet, it just sort of goes clonk, uh, emergency stop, too close to planets, uh, and throws you out of supercruise. What happens in the, uh, in the Horizons update? Oh, pretty much um, you flip over into uh, uh, approach mode or, or planetary mode. Uh, and if you manage to keep your, your throttle up to full pelt, then yes, you will go and create a massive big crater in the planet. Um, uh, I'm not going to say anything more about that, Foz. I'll let you find out for yourself, as you normally do. <laughs> However, um, uh, you, you then the heads-up display changes. Oh, good grief. I've just been interdicted. Uh, the the heads-up display uh, changes, and you've now got what looks more like a fighter uh, Head, heads-up display with altum, altitude and all that kind of stuff that goes with it. Uh, and the, so does the scanner. The scanner becomes more like something like terrain-following radar. So you can actually see the contours of the ship, uh, of the, the, la- the, uh, the land as, you, as you're approaching. Oh, cool. So it's, it li- really is seamless. So almost you know, no man's sky uh, seamless from, uh, from orbit all the way down to the planet's surface. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and uh, I must admit, it, it's you know when we had the um, the video earlier where he, uh, they drew out from basically a buggy on the planet all the way out. Is it pretty yeah. much like that in reverse? That's impressive. That's very very impressive. Um, just out of interest, have they said there's going to be a requirement for an increase in spec to your system to be able to do the new uh, Horizons, or is it all you know if you can currently play the the latest version, you should be able to play Horizons as well. Uh, they haven't said anything on that yet. Mm. You'd imagine if there was going to be a need for a system update, then uh, they would have told us before now. You would so, hope so. Let's hope so. Because um, otherwise I need to write a new letter to Santa. Um, okay, so um, mechanical change. So the SRVs will need fuel. Uh, initially that wasn't going to be the case, but there's actually been um, some feedback from the community who have requested that they actually want fuel to play a part of the game. So, I mean, you could argue that there's going to be a, a job for fuel rats on the planet's surface as well as up in the air. Ah, that's another thing they confirmed this time. You can't, there will be no planetary fuel rats. The only way to refuel the, your, um, your buggy is effectively yourself. Oh, really? Yeah, so basically you have to call your ship in. Okay, so you call your ship in, and then what you've Obviously, got to do, kind of, go back kind onto the ship, or... And refuel ah. your own buggy. Okay, that's kind of cool. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. Let's have a look. 
your your turret weapon can be enabled and disabled uh, disabled on top of your SRV. I don't know why you'd want to disable your turrets. Maybe for for energy management. Um, points of interest. You got can this pop wrong. Out. I got this, Colin. Well, if there's something interesting to mention about it, go for it, Ben. There's something absolutely awesome about it. Your SRV is basically like a little piece of origami. So when you disable your turret, your turret folds away. We haven't seen any of the animation of this yet, but your turret will fold away and get stowed really nicely to make your turret, your SRV a smaller target. Okay. Uh, along with every, every other appendage in-game. Every other appendage in the SRV, rather. And that actually makes a... Yeah, a viable difference to uh, to whether or not you can evade um, combat by making your your footprint smaller, is it? Oh, I don't know about that, but I wouldn't be surprised. We we don't know the gameplay mechanics of it yet, but you know you're a smaller target, so I would imagine you're going to be able to be, you know, you're going to be harder to hit, aren't you? Okay, so um, points of interest can pop out, such as missions or simple loot crates or other things. Uh, has anybody picked up any information about whether or not these things are going to be yeah, available on every single uh, planetoid mass in the uh, in the galaxy? Uh, are they just all going to be randomly generated, or you know, do you really need to be need a, to be close to a populated area uh, for these things to pop up? We don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised if these things are similar to the current unidentified signal sources. So they can occur pretty much anywhere. Um, although there was something said today that certainly with the the wreck sites and things like that in the bases, there it sounds like they're persistent. So if a base is there, the base is always there, as it were. Right. Okay. So um, even when you take on a base, so you can't actually destroy the base outright. All right. I'll see if I can get this right. It sounds like you can basically, you, you can go in, you can defeat the base, and I don't know whether the base will actually respawn or, or whatever, but they're not good, they're, there aren't missions to blow up the base. There are maybe missions to, say, go and steal some data from the base, or that kind of thing. So I guess the idea is that you would disable the base's turrets and defences and so on. And then you go in, you find the thing that you need to obtain, and then you you get your ship and leave. And at some point soon, after you've defeated it, things will respawn, and you'll you'll get the base will have defenses again. Okay. Hmm. How's that sit yeah. with your uh, idea of realism? It's a very common MMO trope, to be honest. So it's just That's like not what I asked you. I asked you I know how that. does that sit with your realism? If we can't draw penises on planets, how are you okay <laughs> with things just suddenly reappearing as bases respawn? Oh, I'm okay with us not drawing p- penises on planet because I also accept that this is a game that we're playing and they've got to live in the real world. Uh huh. So I'm all right with this, and I'm okay with them not drawing penises on planets. You're the one who wants to draw willies on the place. <laughs> Not particularly, but <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Um, we'll be able to, <laughs> talking about drawing penises on planets, you'll be able to decorate <laughs> your SRVs. So what, they're uh, trying to get even more money out of us and uh, the fact that we're going to have decals for our SRVs? I wouldn't be at all surprised by that, no. And are we upset about this or are we, uh, are we happy with this model of uh, revenue generation? 
any money that Frontier gets is a good thing. If anyone wants to be stupid enough to go and buy a gold anaconda, a gold anaconda um, skin, not stream, then if they can spend ten pounds and get themselves a gold anaconda skin, yeah. And how, and how does that feel, Ben? How's that uh, that golden anaconda skin for ten pounds working out for you? Shiny, <laughs> very shiny. <laughs> Uh, or as um, was it Jarvis or Colin this evening put it, you've just spent a quarter of the amount it would spend uh, to cut, to upgrade to uh, Horizons on a piece of paintwork. I see it as an investment in that you know I got Horizons back in the beta and I didn't give them 130 quid. I only gave them 80 for it or something like that. So you know I, I'm just happy to shove them a couple more quid as and when. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. See, ben, with your with your gold anaconda, <laughs> I kind of picture you like one of those rappers that has like a pair of gold guns or something. And I want a, I want a those, chain or something, like a metal grill for your teeth or something. <laughs> I, I want all that. I agree. Uh, okay. Um, right. Let's talk about the um, the stream tonight. Unfortunately, I think it was only Colin that managed to catch most of it. So, Colin, can you give us a quick rundown of what stuff was actually showed this evening? I think he's gone. I saw a lot of it as well. Um, yeah. Right, came in and we saw some really nice... Not the landing, but Adam was basically skimming over the planet. Um, so basically when you, you come in and you can see the planet, and it was, just, it was a really small planet and some lovely horizons, pun not intended. Um, but then as you get below 75 metres then the terrain radar pops up, uh, or the terrain radar will also pop up if you lower your landing gear, and that's when you see what's below you. Um, but then, once you've got that, then you'll see your ship in relation to the land below you, and when it goes a light, look like a light blue or something like that, then you're in a supposedly safe location to drop down and land. Uh, which I thought that seemed to be very intuitive and make a lot of sense. I just, you know, I picked up that, hey, we can land on this when it goes green and then when it goes red again then or goes orange. Yes, you you don't want to land here. It's not safe. Um, he didn't go and land. They're, they're definitely hiding the transition from landing on a planet and hiding the transition of the Scarab coming out. So that's going to be some reveal that... They do at some point, because everybody was asking, I want to see the ship landing, I want to see the Scarab coming out, and Ed is just blatantly ignoring all those requests. And do you think that's because it's going to be an exciting reveal? I should imagine the, the ship touching down could be quite an exciting reveal, but I thought the transition from um, from your ship into the uh, the Scarab was going to just be a blackout screen. I thought um, that had been confirmed. I don't know if that's been confirmed or not. I mean, it might be a fade to black, but for whatever reason, they're not wanting to show it yet, so... Possibly because Fate of Black is quite boring. Possibly because Fate of Black is quite boring, but if they did that, then why not just show it and say, okay, we've got a Fate of Black screen here because you're not getting out your screen and walking out. So I, I just don't know. Um, yeah, fair point. Yeah, we, we, we don't know, and until they show us, we'll, all we can do is guess. Okay, um, so what were they showing you in terms of uh, sort of mission content or, or activities or, or points of interest? What was, the, what was the format of the stream and what sort of things were revealed? So the first thing they did was them flying around and showing off the, the landing radar and things like that. Then they went off and Adam went off and assaulted a base by himself. 
so they couldn't get the multiplayer stuff working, or or they just didn't have anybody to want to play with Adam. I don't know. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, he went off with a, a standard layout in his uh, SRV, and it was a, a big base, small base, cardboard box. What was it? <laughs> it was he flew over, and it was a like a ship graveyard kind of idea. Okay. So there was like a crashed or a deposited Type 9, an anaconda there. And the idea, I guess, is that some pirates or somebody, whoever's captured these ships, have gone off and they've put up some defences around them because it's their salvage and not yours. So that, that seems legitimate to me, I guess. And they've got these scarabs there defending the defending your attack. And he went in and there was four, I think it was flying things that, frankly, in the little screen that I had, because I, I was looking at the chat as well, looked like about five pixels that kind of zipped around the screen like a mental thing. And Adam was having a lot of problems trying to shoot them down. Right. Um, and they look... They're definitely flying very nicely. Um, they've got some good evasion going on there. I wouldn't be at all surprised if I found out that the Mistress of Minions has been doing some work on these things. The Mistress of Minions? Sarah Jane Avery. <laughs> right, okay. Um, so, when I saw it uh, on the screen, uh, he targeted a few of the, the sentries and blew them up and actually got a bounty on his head from doing I it. I noticed so that as well, yeah. Does that mean to say that these salvages are sort of legitimately supposed to be there? They have the license and you're basically trying to pirate it? I guess it could be any of this, couldn't it? It could be... But you got to remember, even in the main game that we've got at the moment then I can be pulled out of Super Cruise by a pirate, and if I shoot him before I scan him, I'll still get a bounty on my head, even though yeah. he's wanted. So sure it could enough. just be that he didn't scan it quickly enough and open fire a little bit too fast. I also got uh, Commander ePilot007 is saying that Ed said during the live stream that he liked the transition between the ship and the SRV. So. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, maybe Ed loves a bit of fade to black, you know? <laughs> he might... No comments. Could be a Metallica fan. Was it Metallica who did fade to black? Mm. You're asking the wrong no, person. There. No, no, no. Who did fade to black? Or am I thinking of something completely different? You might be thinking of something completely different. There's back to black, which is Amy Winehouse. No, 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 no. Fade, fade to black. No. I'm sure there's a fade to black. Anyway... Moving on. Um, okay, so... Um, black, ACDC? <laughs> yeah, back in black. That was a good one. I like that, yeah. Um, uh, speaking about back in black, uh, Colin's back. Colin, you dismissed. Yes. Now you're back. Excellent. <laughs> yes, sorry um, about that. That's quite all right. Uh, we're just talking about, the, obviously, the stream this evening before we came on air. Um, mm -hmm. The um, Did we see anything else in terms of uh, points of interest along the way? Were there any sort of side missions that you could pick up, or was it literally just the, sort of the, the set scenario that they were showing? I think it was the set scenario they were showing. Um, they were showing off the fact that um, you found wrecks in... in uh, obviously crashed wrecks into this in the planet and you were scavenging uh, cargo canisters uh, but those wrecks were protected by uh, drones and uh, you had to deal with those drones before you could get anywhere near the wrecks to pick the cargo up uh, and and for me that was actually um uh, it was quite interesting there was a lot of uh, complaints on on the actual comments saying well is that all we're seeing and you're, you're sort really? of there thinking 
um, hang on, they've just flown all the way down onto a planet <laughs> and they're driving about in a buggy. So they've gone from solar scale to planetary scale down to local scale. And you're there thinking, anything more? Yeah, geez. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you just can't please everybody. But um, yeah, a couple of things in the, uh, in the chat. Um, arms like noodles. Uh, has said that Michael Brooks actually called out the fact that there was a, a bounty uh, deposited on us uh, on the uh, on the guys as a bug. Um, that's a clear bug that they need to work out. Uh, and Fade to Black is indeed Metallica. Uh, si Muth oh. is uh, calling us musical ignoramuses, uh, which is probably fair, come to think of it. Um, so yes, Fade to Black, Metallica. So. Um, Okay, anything else, Colin, seeing as you're here, that you saw from uh, from this evening's stream that you thought was uh, standout amazeballs? Uh, to be honest, I, th- I think uh, I've, I've covered most of my squee moments uh, coming down, especially the actual approach to the planet using the Cobra. Uh, that, for me... Oh, and obviously the, the, the turreted section, when, when you, they actually started using the... the, uh, uh, the the buggy to fight um but yeah the amount of the amount of fun that i think we're going to have in planetary and atmospheric flight is going to be fantastic although one thing they did mention was that um the guns are your gimbaled weapons will not be able to lock on to any of the uh, the buggies if you want to try and shoot a buggy from a ship you're going to have to do it the old-fashioned way with fixed weapons that's interesting. I mean, what um, I know Ben wants to come in with a quick point. So before he does that, um, <laughs> what uh, what did we see tonight uh, of uh, ships coming in and supporting from the air? Was there any sort of um, air support shown this evening? No, there wasn't. Um, okay, so that's obviously that's, going to be another another yeah. release, uh, another uh, stream uh, later on down the line, which uh, you can't really blame them for. But uh, there isn't. <laughs> there does seem to be a certain element of drip feeding uh, all the exciting stuff to uh, to make it stretch out over the next few weeks until they actually launch the beta. I mean, um, Colin, did you say you did a straw poll at Fantasticon as to when this uh, this beta might actually land? Well, let's see, there, there was a lot of murmurings and it was asked a couple of times by various people in the Q&A to which we've got the inevitable soon. Uh, but <laughs> uh, I, I think everybody's thinking, well, if it's going to come out for December, you're probably looking at the end of November for maybe the beta to come out. But that is just pure uh, rumoroids and, and, and uh, speculation from the Fantasticon room. Not far off, though, frankly. <laughs> End of November isn't that far away now. No, not yeah, at all. Sure. A month? Four, you know, we're talking about four weeks or so. Which should, you know, I can certainly see them being able to four... I can definitely see them being able to stretch out another four live stream episodes with uh, with, with content before the uh, before the beta goes uh, live. Uh, ben, what did you want to say? Well, I think one thing that really just made me excited, it's something we know about already, but we saw a lovely demonstration of different gravities between how the vehicles were jumping in last week's stream, where it was in a relatively... It was about a 1G environment that they were in. And then in today's stream, Adam went off and just did quite a little jump, really. And he did two barrel rolls and then just kept going down and going down and going down. For It felt like he was basically just floating down so slowly because it, it was a small planet and a low-G environment. And that's the kind of thing that I find... Re- I love that idea, and it's so exciting. 
So buggies as gliders, then, basically. Buggy, yeah, but it's just showing that the different gravity that the different worlds will have. And I think that's that's awesome. <laughs> well, yeah, and it'll be interesting to see the difference, sort of, uh, how that affects on gameplay as well. Uh, yeah, Commander we Alien is suggesting that uh, Horizons is definitely going to be into beta in uh, mid-November. A four-week beta, and then release mid-December for the final thing. Um, so there you go, folks. If uh, if it's right, then uh, Commander Alien can take all the credit for it. And all the blame. And all the blame, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Anything else you guys want to pick up on uh, on that? Nah, I, I think I think we've covered covered the the uh, the awesomeness that has happened tonight on the on the on the on the live stream, and you could tell from the guys who were doing it that they were really a bit smug about showing it off as well. Well, it, as they should be, they should be they should be quite proud. Yeah. Although, uh, just to. I mean, I'm not sure if this sort of thing should be it should be mentioned or not, but has uh, Chris Gregory done something to his hair? He seems to be a kind of an emo. He seems to be a bit goth all of a sudden. He seems to... I, I, I can't re- completely recall, but I'm sure he was like uh, light hair or blonde, and now he's gone for this sort of very, very dark, you know, sort of almost crow blackness um, sort of look. I thought it was a bit uh, a bit odd. Well, considering my fashion sense, I don't think I'm one to comment on anything oh, else. <laughs> as I have no fashion sense, I feel I'm perfectly able to uh, to comment on these things. More out of bewilderment. I, than I, I, I don't else. think we want to become one of these kind of entertainment weeklies that just comments on what <laughs> celebrities have been seen shopping, wearing, or something like that. <laughs> News: House wearing certain type of clothes. You've been watching too much Fashion Police, haven't you, Potter? Oh no. If that was the case, then you you know none of my outfits would be allowed out of the house. If that was the case, um, okay, not a problem. Um, what we're probably going to do then, uh, we're going to quickly go into our community spotlights, which also just happened to be the same community spotlight that um, Frontier have focused in on, and that is uh, Commander Human, spells Hugh Man. Um, who has done some fantastical musical parodies, as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, um, to a whole host of of in-game Elite Dangerous traits and occupations, um, which are absolutely hilarious. If anybody sort of listened to the stuff like uh, the weird Al Yankovic did uh, back in the 80s, and he's probably still doing it now, actually, um, they're along a a similar source of theme now. Obviously, our very own... I have to mention this, otherwise the the thing will get cut off. So... um, our very own uh, Grant Psycho Cow Walcott uh, messed around with parodies at the beginning of um, the Elite Dangerous journey. Uh, some highlights being the uh, the orange Sidewinder that we all stared at for hours and hours and hours in the alpha. Um, Grant did a parody of You Spin Me Right Round Like an Orange Sidewinder Round Round Baby Round Round um, which was uh, a fantastic hit as was uh, Please Don't Shoot Me Snuffler which is another 80s classic so um, if you haven't heard those uh, I'm sure they're still kicking about um, on the community pages so you can look those up um, but not not to do um, grant out of uh, any pundits or anything or any plaudits um, but you have to say that Commander Human is an absolutely damn fine singer um, and the parodies that he's done are all very well recognisable um, to um, and songs that you'll all have heard of before. So, some highlights. Uh, Learning to Mine by the Foo Fighters. Um, you Give Pilots a Bad Name by Bon Jovi. Uh, Living La Vida Imperia, 
which is obviously Living the Vida La Loca. Um, Uptown Funk, replaced with Uptown PVP. And uh, one of my personal favourites, The Great Explorer, uh, as a reworking of The Great Pretender. Now, these are all available on uh, soundcloud.com forward slash elements underscore 360 so that's e-l-e-m-e-n-t-z underscore 360 so go and you check them out there um i'm hoping that grant isn't going to cut us off because we've got a few samples uh of this to play grant are you there i think grant is actually picking his son up from scouts at the moment ah okay <laughs> i don't think so i think he's actually just sat in the uh, in the back and saying no no i'm not gonna play them no not at all <laughs> quite possible uh, what do you guys think? Obviously, this is one of the community uh, spotlights, but uh, we've been listening to his stuff for quite some time. So, uh, personal favourites? Oh, dear. Um, I have to admit, I, up until this community spotlight, I'd never heard of him. Oh, Colin. <laughs> I actually first heard of him because of his... He did a really nice radio um, advert that's um, for the... I think it was the iDoc or something like that. Which is basically it's a docking computer advert, and I love that. And that's how I actually first found out about his stuff. Um, he's done, as you say, he's done a whole load of songs, and at the risk of saying anything negative about Grant, who does fabulous stuff, <laughs> this guy's been in a rock band for ten years. Ah, yeah. I was wondering about his uh, his musical, so, uh, musical pedigree. You know, he, he's he's been in a rock band. He's worked as a record label producer. Um, Will you stop he, it with the backhand crap comments? I'm trying not to because Grant is absolutely back, fabulous Grant. work. <laughs> and for an amateur, Grant rocks. Uh, but this guy's been in a fracking rock band. <laughs> <laughs> and it shows. You made me run like an absolute maniac from the car going, Why is he talking to me when I'm not there? <laughs> <laughs> I hope, my, I hope my son's not locked in the car. <laughs> right, I have, I have got some. Uh, I've got one lined up. If you want to hear that, well, I was going to say, considering that uh, a few weeks ago, like in fact, last time I was on the show, we did the um, the community goal where I just happened to uh, to run out of fuel. I've uh, I've loaded up a snippet from uh, <laughs> um, from one of his tracks, which I thought was quite apt and, and and suited me down to the ground. So if you can cue that one up, just to play that one through. All right. Okay. Yeah. That's 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 um that's handy. Let's go for the one that I didn't queue up. Um, <laughs> okay. I've got it sorted now. Right. We'll go with that one then. <laughs> People would think we weren't organised. You know. Oh dear. Here we go. But they came to the rescue. Yeah, they showed me the way. But then I heard a little voice in my head. I thought I heard him say. Can't believe that I had to call the few rats. I am such a tool. I am such a tool. Such an utter fool. I can't believe that I had to call the few rats. I'm a proper noob. I'm a proper noob. Idiotic boob. Yeah. 
so as I say, uh, that just pretty much summed me up completely having to call the uh, the Fuel Rats live on air uh, a few weeks ago. But uh, I was listening to that the other day and thinking, yeah, that, that pretty much sums me up. I was a complete noob. I was a complete and utter tool. So, uh, yeah, have a listen to some of the lyrics. The lyrics are all on SoundCloud as well. Um, he gets uh, he gets the game <laughs> and the feeling of the game uh, very apt at times. That's the first time I've heard that. That's absolutely fantastic. I do have to say, I mean, having you know, when you when you do something and you, the the way that we did it way back at the beginning, just to get content and have a laugh and a giggle, and then you get someone who's got a, a clear talent for for music rather than, rather than me. Um, and I can say, no, no, I can say that I like your own singing voice. Um, I confess that the whole Susan Boyles thing, though, to this day, absolutely terrifies me. <laughs> but it's, it's one of those things, you know. It's, you. I think it's everyone in the community is just there going, I hope we don't get boiled. <laughs> but it's one of those when things. When the, the pirates come along and say, I'm going to boil you up, you're not quite so sure which one they mean. <laughs> <laughs> but when but you someone, do know which one's going to be the worst for you. <laughs> it's when you get someone that's got an, a real natural talent, and he was playing guitar at the end of Fantasticon, and there was a huge sing song, and you know, the, that's an amazing thing. And he is an amazing talent, and you know, deserves to be. Getting the sort of attention that I never got. <laughs> oh, says you, number one community you, spotlight person. Yeah, well, I'm, you, apart from yeah, that, you so not that anymore. <laughs> well, yeah. that, that was, you know, you just got all the credit for this two years ago, Grant. Yeah, and Dockers, and because uh, I do all that as well. And, <laughs> and Africa Drabble. Well, yeah, but we don't talk about that one on there. <laughs> but no, I think I think his stuff is absolutely amazing and then in the last nerf battle on Saturday night I decided that it was apt to play some uh, rock music, some muse, some War of the Worlds and then right in the middle of it I thought yep perfect time for let me interdict you just to see if anyone was paying attention while being shot in the face at close blank range by a bunch of little brats Um, I'm not bitter, I'm not bitter at all, hold him down while I stamp on his head Um, but yeah it was it's brilliant they're amazing they are absolutely amazing and his production values are off the scale definitely awesome and Commander Aliens taking a bigger hump than I am because <laughs> <laughs> of course we've got the whole parody page in the Elite Dangerous Forum for all the Elite for parodies that we were chucked together way back at the beginning of Alpha imagine oh, yeah. it just goes to show you how bored we were we had plenty of time on our hands let's be honest Although, in yeah. fairness, if you want to hear the worst um, parody song, for the best cause, of course, I think you should still be able to find um, Leaving on a Space Plane that uh, the whole community <laughs> did for um, for Movember a few years ago. Um, that's now suddenly topical again. So, uh, yeah, if you look up Movember uh, and uh, Elite Dangerous and try and find Leaving on a Space Plane, uh, that's a whole lot of people doing some really bad parodies there. I think that's uh, If you search for Mo- Movember, and I think it's Space Plane it should pop up pretty quickly oh there you go it's the first one on the list and it is it's truly um, dreadful truly yeah and so he starts to play it no no (laughs) you know I'm, I'm trying I was hiding so very well at the back of that 
<laughs> but it, you know, it was one of these things. It was that was at the, the time we didn't we didn't have human, and, and frankly, human, you've let us down. You need to get back there and stop us from all of that and do it better. Yeah, we need time travel. That's exactly what we need. <laughs> but you know, then the, you've got human. You've got Mrs. C and Mrs. Miss uh, Andrew, uh, Mrs. C and Mrs. P. Uh, they're their respective partners who are extremely talented singers that have been writing some parodies for Hutton Orbital Radio and stuff. And there's a lot of people that have been getting involved, and you know, it's, it's amazing to see it's it suddenly happening again. You know, and it's awesome. I love I love parodies. They're just bright. <laughs> Okay, well, um, have you got one more that you can queue up and, and play us out? And then what we're going to do is we'll have a quick advert and we'll come back for our, our topic for this week, which is actually going to be long beaters. Yeah, do you want the full song? Should we do a full one? And then we can, we no, can... just, just do a little snippet of, of one of your favourites. Okay. Yeah, I went straight for an advert there like a professional and you went and talked over it. What do you like? <laughs> Sorry, I thought that was going to be our advert. have always been some of the galaxy's finest. So when we discovered a wholly natural way of slimming down and reducing your appetite, we had to share it with everyone. Harnessing the amazing powers of our native parasitic life, we've solved an age-old problem. Vegas Slimweed has been used by settlers of the region for decades with undeniable results and significant health benefits. If you think that Vegas Slimweed could be the solution you're looking for, speak to your doctor today. Travelling with Vegas Slimweed Ingestive may constitute smuggling. Please check before your journey and declare yourself at customs for an internal search. Failure to digest does not constitute grounds for reimbursement. Side effects may include but are not limited to increased blood pressure and heart rate, insomnia, nervousness, blurred vision, restlessness or headache. Some forms of parasite may cause stomach side effects like constipation, dry mouth, nausea, or vomiting. Small sample of patients exhibit full body paralysis, catatonic state, and internal hemorrhaging. Parasite must be purged before pupation, else death will occur. Great stuff. And for our topic of discussion this week, uh, it's one that we've been trying to get to for a number of weeks, actually. Um, and that is the, the concept of long beaters. Now, obviously... You know, with the way that Elite Dangerous is rolling out, uh, it's, yeah, it has a standard, standard tried and tested formula of um, update, beta, and then live uh, delivery and launch. So, the premise of this particular topic is uh, the idea of the following the extended CQC beta. Um, when the CQC actually drops, those of us that took part in the CQC beta felt a little bit. I know, underwhelmed because, you know, we'd already been there. We'd all done it before. 
Um, it's a little bit like you know, knowing what your Christmas presents are before you open them on Christmas morning. So just going to go around and see what people think. Are people playing the beaters? Are there benefits? Are there downsides to having these beaters before the actual launch of all this new content? Um, let's start with Mr. Jarvis. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if we're talking about Elite, I think that there's definitely been new features with a lot of the, the beaters that, you know, I've wanted to look at. Certainly Wings uh, spent a lot of time in the beta for that. I think CQC is an awkward one um, because in the, in the nicest possible way, I already didn't really care less that much about CQC before the beta <laughs> came along. So it's not really that the beta thing kind of put me off or, 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 or I spent all my time playing the beta and by the time it went live, I no longer cared. CQC is just not for me anyway. And it's not, to be fair, it's not targeted at me. I'm not the kind of player that CQC is for. Um, and, you know, I'm unlikely to get any enjoyment out of it. But I think if you're looking at... I definitely think it's different now that... Um, Elite is there to play because before we had the, the release of Elite, Beta was the only version that was there and then everyone was in it. Whereas I think now, you know, you do go into the Betas and they're a bit quiet. But I think, you know, it's sort of if we're talking about other games, I mean, we commented last week um, on the launch of uh, Prison Architect, or it might have been a couple of weeks before. You know, Prison Architect just was a game that just felt like it had been in um, early access forever. Uh, and I think they did quite a good job when they actually came to release it. They did a pretty good job of actually coming up with some fresh ideas and making it seem like there was this new thing for going live. But, I mean, we've found it a little bit with Chaos Reborn that, you know, a lot of the, the really core Chaos players and the ones who've been backing it since Kickstarter um, actually recently, you know, perhaps have been a bit quiet because they've been... They've, they've kind of burnt themselves out on the early access versions. So, uh, and I know John and I really struggled to kind of find players who were keen to come and be on Chaos Champs. Um, and, but I think, you, you know, so I think, I think there can be a danger with early access stuff that by the time your game um, is actually ready to kind of be out there, that you're actually really kind of relying on a new crowd coming in and giving it fresh blood um, in some respects you know, players who've been in your beta for a long time are, are a bit sated often. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Uh, and certainly I know um, at the beginning when we had all the betas in game, I felt like it was my responsibility as a Kickstarter backer to to go in and do all the bug testing and make sure that, you know, I put my hours in staring at an orange sidewinder doing nothing but spinning on a screen. Um, as the game has progressed, as it's come to sort of like normal launch, yeah, there's a there's a real pull between actually wanting to do stuff and you know take my commander, my real commander in game, uh, and achieve things with him, as opposed to sort of coming out of that and spending time going into this sort of beta universe that's going to vanish at the end, and 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 do some work on there. Yeah, I'm, I'm torn because again, I feel like I should be helping support the game by you know doing the bug testing and doing all the stuff that uh, that Frontier want us to do, but actually the, the game is so much fun that I actually just want to be in the game and yeah, you know, I know some people have 
jumped into the betas because yeah, you can you can get the the ships for much cheapness and it gives you an opportunity to fly a python at the beginning or fly an anaconda, you know, for for a hundred credits. Um, for me, that just sort of I, it was one of the things I was desperately not going to do um, purely because if I'd done that, I know for a fact, you know, I wouldn't have done it in game. There would have been no. I wouldn't have had the willpower to grind all the way up to an anaconda if I'd already been flying it around in a test server because I would have seen it. You know, I would have I would have known what it felt like to be at the you know, the controls of some of these big ships. And for me, the progression through all the grind um, is part of the fun of the game. You know, the whole sort of you know, do the trade, get the money, upgrade the ship. You know, and have the wow factor of you know handing over all your cash and getting that shiny new cockpit. Yeah, that's a big draw for me for the main game. So to do that in beta, I think just would have taken so much out of the main game. Yeah, it just wouldn't have been worth playing for me. So from that side of things, yeah, I don't do it. But on the flip side, it did mean that things like CQC, which I wasn't as bothered about, uh, I was more interested in the beta, and I had a lot of fun playing the CQC beta because, yeah, it didn't impact the real world uh, or the real universe um, commander that I was playing. So <laughs> the only problem is I had so much fun in CQC, uh, I haven't played it since it launched because I have feel I have felt that I've been there and done that and sort of sated myself as as Jarvis said. Yeah, Grant. I mean, I was, I was just thinking the the whole. Alpha, I remember way back at the start, someone was talking about, oh no, it'll ruin, it'll spoil the game for us, and there was a number of people that predicted some of the problems, like the technical support issues that, you know, Frontier didn't have enough people in, and these were the same sort of voices that everybody was going, oh, shut up, you don't know what you're talking about, no, it's fine, it'll be fine, they're all bloody right, aren't they? (laughs) And that's the funny, the sort of the unfortunate thing. But in a game like Elite, where there are these big complex um, parts of the game that you have to really, you, you can expand upon and spend a lot of time developing good strategies for. And then you've got six or seven of those, and you can't concentrate on them all. So you do your alpha, and you sit and you focus on one thing. And as you say, if it happens to be one of these things where you have to grind, suddenly the real game comes out, and you can't be arsed doing it again. I've already done that grind. I don't want to do it. And the other thing is people getting pissed off because of the bugs. Because, you know, they just get sick and tired of it crashing all the time. And these are the kind of things that can lead to it. I know that my biggest uh, complaint recently about was a Kickstarter game was Pulsar, where early access just left me thinking this is a heap of rubbish. And I just went away and never played it again. And I would never have played it if I hadn't had that conversation on TeamSpeak, where someone was saying they were interested in it. And I thought, I'll show them and then that'll be them. They'll think it's rubbish too and we'll never play it again and then we'll move on. And of course it ended up being, actually this is pretty good. (laughs) 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 So I think there there is an opportunity where too much familiarity at the wrong stage can really, really spoil it for you. And and it's, it's got to be something where you have to prepare yourself that that's a possibility in order to say, right, well, I've kind of burnt myself out. I'm going to give it a couple of weeks and then I'll try again or I'll wait to the next update and come back in and renew that love affair. You know, it's like a marriage. You have to work hard at it. Okay, there is a ben. difference, though. Oh, sorry. Sorry, go on, Jarvis. 
No, I was just going to say there is a difference, though, between, you know, something like Pulsar or Prison Architect or, uh, you know, to, in some respects, Chaos Reborn uh, and certainly things like, I mean, I'm looking forward to um, this Halcyon 6 game that I backed on Kickstarter. If you have PC games being developed by small teams or you have something like a Kickstarter where you feel kind of indebted to your backers for to, to giving them a view on it, that's where the early access thing comes in because if, if you've got people who are following your game or your project or whatever who you feel are sort of part of the thing, you want to be sharing with them as soon as possible so that they can see what it is that's been going on under the hood. But with something like a huge game, um, the whole kind of early access thing or beta thing is... I don't know, it's a bit weirder because, I mean, like, we were talking earlier about Nintendo and it's just not something... You don't get early access with Nintendo games. I mean, the closest you get to it is there was a new Zelda game out this week, which I've been playing, and there were limited demo codes for it that were available a week before the retail (laughs) release. And it's it's just kind of a bit of a joke. Um... I know, but I think it's. I think there's a very different thing between small PC teams who really want to kind of share what they're doing with their with their community, and other games which are actually big enough that they could just say, see it on day one. I mean, there isn't really any need um, for for that kind of early early interaction. I don't think, unless you're just getting people to test your game for you, which is different. Yeah, Ben. Well, I think I mean just. Co- Following on exactly from that point, Jarvis, that I was relatively active actually in the Star Wars The Old Republic beta, and they very deliberately opened up their beta servers to everybody and his dog for a couple of weekends as like a Friday to Monday kind of idea. Maybe once, sort of once a month or something like that for a, for a couple of weeks. And basically just stress testing everything just like Frontier did, I guess, with CQC towards the end with the Mayhem. And I, I think that's... Once you've gotten your data in and once you've gotten your basic bugs out of the way, you really have to work on getting your stress test going on, making sure that your systems, hopefully, can cope with 30-odd people trying to fly it, or 16 people or whatever it is, trying to fly and do CQC, getting everything, all the, the weird and wacky modem and router combinations all plugged in together and that's the kind of thing that only that only opening things up opening the beaters up to a wide audience is is going to do but i think that ea or bioware were very wise with that and that they only basically gave us this for a couple of weeks rather than here guys just go and play this for like the next six months because then you know you'd have basically you'd play through the entire game and that's kind of boring and that's, yeah, okay. that's yeah, the mean, problem that I think we have at the moment, really. Yeah, I mean, one of the problems that I think we had, especially with 1.4, was it was hyped for so long because obviously it was um, it was going to be the Xbox release big thing and then the PC version caught it up for some reason. We don't know um, what the... Uh, what happened there uh, um, by the time we had actually got hold of CQC I, th- I think everyone was was kind of right okay we're, they were already wanting to talk about 1.5 ships instead uh, and after playing I, I, I've come to a little bit of a, a policy that 
I'll spend sort of like maybe five hours at the most in a new beta and then go back to the main game because if I spend too long in that beta then I think I would spoil it too much for the main game when it comes up anything more than that and I think you know I mean, for instance, I'd love to see QC. I got myself up to a, a reasonably high level. And then when it started again, I was thinking, oh, I've got to start. I've got to start all over again. And, and, that, and that little... Um, it does take the wind out of your sails a bit. Now, a good example of, of a, a beta stress test was the Star Wars Battlefront that's been happening recently. And um, people are still raving about it, even though it's been closed for a couple of weeks now. You know, it was obviously they'd got everything pretty polished. Um, they would just want to stress test it, make sure that everybody was, you know, it could handle the big maps and 60 people playing at the same time and, and everyone going mental. But I think at the moment, the game's gone past the stage where you can now call on the vast amount of beta testers than, than they had before. Because the, there's, there's a lot of people who just want to get on and play the game. There was, what, 3,000 of us testing the alpha and the beta? I don't know whether or not they're still getting 3,000 people testing the latest beta. Yeah, and that'll be interesting to see whether or not... Yeah, I mean, Frontier are never going to release that information, but it would be interesting to hear whether or not there has been a drop-off in number of people that are actually appearing on the beta servers now i think horizons might be slightly different because there is quite a draw for us all to get down onto planets and see how that works to be honest for me i don't mind tearing the corner off that particular christmas present uh, and peeking inside i think that's going to be a day one beta for me but i have a feeling that for the rest of the beta certainly the cqc's after the initial rush i think a lot of people probably uh, dropped off there so i mean obviously with frontier being yeah, quite a, a smaller sort of uh, development company. Is the is this potential drop off going to be an issue for them? Yeah, the, do they really sort of require us to do that so that yeah, when they launch it, it's balanced, it's well tested, it's being stress tested? Yeah, or have they got enough resources within the company to be able to make sure that you know they can do all this stuff even without us? Well, we, we, we know that there's a, a, a QA department there because they're the ones that were uh, involved in, in a fight with another department and, and apparently winning over, over at CQC. No doubt we'll probably be... I think, was it, was it Ed and them lot in, the, in community and, and uh, quality assurance were basically at war with one another over CQC and community was winning and we didn't hear ah. about it because community released all the details and... Of course, they're going to be biased. <laughs> In other words, they release the propaganda, is what you're saying. I, I, I shall never confirm nor deny what I'm saying there, because I like to stay friends with Ed. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, then, and we do know there's a QA department, but you are looking at the scale of this game is, is massive. I mean, they, they can't be testing every single tiny little uh, system everywhere. Okay, so in that case, um, what would we? Yeah, what would be the ideal beta situation then for um, for Elite Dangerous? What um, what would be yeah the optimal thing for them to do? Would it be a question of you know just coming out and giving us um, like small scenarios uh, as opposed to the full um, full situation? If you remember back to the the alphas, we had those asteroid belts where they were stress testing that, um, but then obviously they 
they, they expanded that when it came to the actual release so yeah they'd still kept that element of it being of there being a, uh, a reveal of there being there something you know, something new something tangible that you hadn't seen before yeah i mean um the, it, it all depends on where the functionality is because um it was quite good for cqc because it was a kind of hived off section so you could go and test and CQC in that particular bit. But if you've got, say, something like, uh, I don't know, they're exploring uh, new mechanics for exploring planets, um, that means you're going to have to find unexplored planets, and that's going to be, um, you know, quite a big chunk of time to, to prove things out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, although, didn't they say that the uh, finding uh, planets was actually going to be dropped into the... Um uh, the navigation stuff, so you'll be able to see straight away which planets were able to uh, to go down onto and which ones you couldn't. Pretty sure this that there was going to be in the um, in the navigation system for maps and stuff. Let's hope well, so anyway, because I'm not uh, I'm not up for flying around all these things and uh, having to use your discovery scanner in order to find out whether or not I can fly down to it or not. Well, if you think about it, you still have to use your discovery uh, scanner in order to map out a whole system. And once your system map has, has been built up, then from the basic scanner, they should be able to tell whether it's landable or not. Okay, so if they were to give us um, like a, a single test planet, say, uh, which is just like the one they've been flying around on, one that we've seen, you know, and kept things like the ice planets or some of the heavy gravity planets um, for the final release, would that be the sort of thing that people would want to see? It, you know, it, again, it comes back to what they're wanting to test. If they're wanting to test these uh, particular parts, particular function functionality, then they're going to have to actually provide, um, you know, detailed areas. So I suppose when we had the, you know, the four different scenarios, we had, you know, the the uh, the multiple impeccables and the, and the whole lot of other different scenarios which came off the one station though that was probably a lot more helpful uh, for their testing than it was for say um i don't know um, there are planets out there just go scan them yeah okay and finally what about time frames what do you think is the optimum amount of time that we should have a beta before we have uh, launch is it as long as it takes is it uh, four weeks three weeks two weeks one week two days what's what's the um what's the sweet spot for for you guys grant i didn't quite catch the full question <laughs> you just fallen asleep at your keyboard again haven't you yeah um, i was listening to other podcasts that are just slightly better than, better than yours <laughs> okay shut up and answer the question what would be the optimum amount of time you'd like to see a beta before release uh so would it be we'd have a beta for four weeks three weeks two weeks one week a couple of days uh, or as long as it takes i don't think because what Elite kind of demonstrates that sometimes that need needs to be flexible, but I think a week's too short because mm-hmm. it doesn't allow anybody to devote time and organise themselves to be able to do the testing. So when you've seen it in the past where people get the groups, they write down the stats and they plan and then they test it and they test it and they give really strong feedback. Um, if you're just wanting people to see whether or not it craps out when they try and jump and things like that, then I suppose a week is all you need. But if it needs proper analysing, which obviously I think Frontier would do themselves, then... Yeah, a week too. It just feels too short. Two weeks, I think, is probably the the sweet spot with the ability to extend it should any problems occur. Okay, Ben. 
Yeah, sorry, you're just talking to me as I was in the middle of a cough. Yes, I completely agree with Grant there. I think two weeks is about right. And, I mean, as we saw with Mayhem, if there are issues that need to be extended, then we take the time when we look at them. I mean, this is what I, I think is going to be interesting to see what we get with Horizons, you know, whether they're going to give us just a couple of weeks and it's going to be so well tested in-house. And then we literally get like, okay, guys, here is what I really, really hope for Horizons is they don't drop everything in the beta. I yeah. want when Horizons goes live, I want we're gonna we're gonna have to obviously test planetary landing and things like that. Um, we're gonna have to test the the SRVs and we're gonna have to test attacking bases and all that stuff. But I want something that is significant held back that they've only tested in house and that we're not so we don't have all our presents already open because I don't want to get to a horizon and think, yeah, I've been doing this for the past month. I agree with you there. Jarvis, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I don't know really. I mean, like you say, I mean, in some respects, a week almost feels a little bit like... I'm not saying necessarily this is a frontier, but, well, I sort of am a little bit. Um, sometimes when you get a, a like a beta period of a week or early access of a week, it does feel a little bit like all that's happened is they've promised certain backers or funders that they'll be able to see the, the game before everyone else. Um, but they kind of haven't necessarily seen that through. Um, so they, they give everyone kind of a week up front to sort of say, well, you know, you've had it before everyone else. But, um, so, yeah, two weeks, I think, is two weeks, I think, is pretty good. Um, and I think it's even better if you can make it a beta period that's long enough that any issues that come up can be kind of addressed and played and, you know, kind of retested, if you like. Because I think sometimes if a beta period's too short, then you just kind of raise issues and then you hope that it's all going to be fine in the live release. And actually, maybe sometimes it isn't. Um, I mean, you know, again, specifically talking about uh, Elite Dangerous, you know, we all raised networking and instancing problems with wings. Um, and in many respects, a lot of those bugs are still an issue. Um, so, you know, it's kind of, yeah, it's a difficult thing, really. Well, what I will say, though, that I was going to kind of point out earlier is one of the things that's nice. I mean, I've been quite sort of negative about <laughs> beta periods in a sense, but one of the things that's nice is if you've got a company who are happy to open up their game uh, as beta sort of before release, then it gives you confidence that there's they're not hiding anything. You know, they're not trying to sort of, you know, shy away from any poor design decisions or um like you know going going back to batman arkham knight there is no way they would have opened up a beta for that a couple of weeks before commercial release because then everyone would have known what an unpolished turd it was um (laughs) no no that is a little unfair to unpolished turds (laughs) it's it's funny i've actually got a friend on my facebook who uh, works in the games industry and he's announced on facebook that he's he's leaving square enix after i think almost 10 years and he's going to rocksteady 
And I, I tried, as I, said, I, was, I wanted to say to him, try and make sure your next PC release doesn't suck more balls than any other release in PC history. <laughs> <laughs> have we, um, have we got a, a release for that? Has there been an updated, yeah, it's now going to come out at Christmas or it's still, yeah. Yeah, it, it's coming uh, out within week. the next month, I think. Is it? Oh, right, next, this week. Yeah, it's, I, I, I read somewhere October 27th. <laughs> okay. That's, that's, that's today. Uh, I'm sure I read that somewhere that it would be appearing before Halloween. Great! I didn't realise that was today. I could be wrong about that. You've got to hope that's going to be as perfect as perfect can be. I I still don't think it's going to be brilliant, but I think they're going to have, you know, hopefully um, addressed some of those issues because it really was, I mean, absolutely terrible. Um, you know, I mean, for, for those for those listening who haven't heard my rants about Batman Arkham Knight before, you know, you've got a game that works flawlessly on Xbox One and PS4 hardware, um, and even on state-of-the-art PC graphics cards, which are, you know, benchmarkably five times more powerful than those consoles. It was running in single-digit frame rates. So, there you go. Yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't the greatest. Um, <laughs> okay, well, let's uh, wrap that up for our uh, our main topic. Just a couple of uh, shout outs to give before we uh, before we end the show. Uh, the first one to our wonderful friend and game master for the show, uh, Dave Sellers and Hughes. Uh, some of you might have been following that uh, Dave has been doing a um, a sponsored. The Shave, the Great Dave Shave is what has been called, and at Fantasticon he went from being a very hairy individual, both on top of his head and also from the wonderful beard whoa, that he had. Whoa, what? <laughs> and uh, for charity, he has gone completely nude, so he has shaved his head and shaved his beard. He uh, he bravely actually allowed the uh, the scissors to go around the crowd, so if anybody wanted to have a quick chop of his hair, we were allowed to, which was uh, quite dangerous, but... Uh, the, uh, the funds are now in. I know he's collected a little bit more at the actual event, but uh, on the Just Giving page, uh, which if you wanted to, I think is still still open. Uh, he's currently raised £2,300. Obviously, that's also including his 24-hour live stream that he did. I think he also collected somewhere in the region around about £200 from Fantasticon. So if you want to go and uh, give him some uh, cash for Marie Curie, it's a fantastic charity. That's Just Giving justgiving.com forward slash sellersen which is s-e-l-e-z-e-n uh, and congratulations Forza are you going to tell the people what you did <laughs> yes yes because you said it was a bargain it was a bargain and he was very foolish uh, at Fantasticon as I was standing next to his wife just as we were getting ready to do the big shave I said to him you do realise that you know I'll give you I'll give you some cash to, to shave your eyebrows off and he says, no, no, no. And his wife definitely said, no, no, no. And then he turned around to me and said, uh, well, look, if you can get me £50 in the next five minutes, I'll shave my eyebrows off. <laughs> uh, I did a quick Linford Christie around the event, telling everybody what the silly mug had just said. And within about two and a half minutes, we'd raised about £75. So uh, came rushing back, gave it to his wife uh, and said we'd like to have both of his eyebrows off as well. So, uh, yes, he shaved uh, some quite bushy eyebrows down to, uh, down to the skin as well so uh, he lost his eyebrows he was literally who was the woman in uh, the original star trek who was the, the vulcan who was bald he reminded me of her <laughs> in you a know, strange way you missed the trick you could have just said we'll do 75 quid for just one eyebrow 
<laughs> yeah, his wife was definitely not going to let me get away with that. So again, that's uh, Dave Hughes, Sellerson, uh, justgiving.com forward slash uh, S-E-L-E-Z-E-N for Marie Curie. Fantastic charity. Well done, mate. Um, superb efforts. Uh, anybody got any other shout outs they want to mention? Uh, I'd just like to shout out to everybody that played the the miniature games. Um, unfortunately, and the we had three winners, which were Darren Gray, uh, Steve, and unfortunately, Z- uh, Zach from Frontier actually did surprisingly well at it, uh, just completely demolishing, demolishing poor Mike Snoswell quite quite effectively. So I'd like to just say thanks to all the, the 16 people who were willing to stand up and listen to me witter on and, and play and push about little models on, the, on, the, uh, on a, on a playmat. Excellent stuff. Um, I should just give a quick shout out to uh, Peter Wotherspoons, uh, who has emailed us uh, regarding the, the long beta conversation that we've been having. Um, he sent us this uh, a couple of weeks ago in preparation for us um, having this particular topic. And to be fair, uh, Peter pretty much agrees with us that uh, because there's no uh, in-game risk to your reputation, no in-game jeopardy or no in-game rewards, that uh, yeah, he's not someone that wants to play a beta because he just thinks it's full of spoilers, which you know, is fair enough. Um, if you want to get in touch with the show, obviously you can at any point. Just email info at laveradio.com if there's anything on the shows that uh, you want to get in touch about or have a right to reply, then of course you can just get us on the email and every guy in the crew has access to the email and checks it on a regular basis. So if there's no more shout outs from you guys well um, just a little reminder if, if anyone's still watching the um frontier twitch <laughs> when we went live uh, just a little shout out for my chaos reborn audio drama kickstarter uh again if you like escape velocity if you like audio drama uh you really should like chaos reborn um and we're doing we're doing a kickstarter for full, full cast audio of that and that can be found on tinyurl.com forward slash chaos audio or Chaos Reborn audio. Either works. Thank you. <laughs> Excellent. I should just say that we are actually going to be playing the uh, the sample for Chaos Reborn um, oh, nice. after the outro music as well, which we didn't tell Chris about, but we're going to do it anyway because we're nice like that. So if you want to hang around after the show, after the outro music, you can listen to the five-minute audio drama scene that he's put together. goes along with that Kickstarter and see the sort of quality that Chris is actually producing. So, some shout-outs from in-game commanders uh, that have joined us outside Lave Station this evening. We've got uh, Smokey, Hawkus Alpha, Willy Woo, uh, Woo Yi, Star Moth, uh, Dead 101, E-Pilot 007, High Bite, Janus 999, Eugene Mesmer, uh, Dragonus Master, JJ Smashing Pumpkins, Sid M Out, sorry, that's Sid M O T, uh, Stamper, and, oh, I can't do that one, that's Japanese, isn't it? Ying On, Ying On Yu? Ching on you, X I O N G U. Uh, I butchered your name, and you were the last one on the list as well. So uh, apologies about that. Um, thank you very much for those people that have been joining us in the live uh, stream on the Twitch channel, and also thank you for everybody that's actually come to LaveRadio.com and has been listening in the ICQ channel. ICQ, <laughs> IRC channel. Showing your uh, age. Show, showing my age ridiculously <laughs> there. <laughs> yeah. and can, I, can, um, I, can I just say as well that for all the people gathered outside the uh, front of Lave Station, um, I just flew through the middle of you on silent running with a hold full of illegal cargo. <laughs> 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 okay um brilliant 
So uh, remember to stay tuned after the outro for a sample of the Chaos Reborn audio. But that's it for another episode of Lave Radio. Thank you very much to Chris, to Colin, to Ben, and also to Grant. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email us at info at laveradio.com, Facebook forward slash Lave Radio, at Lave Radio on Twitter, or you can join the, join the Skype chat channel by adding Fuzzle 101 to your Skype contacts. Or if you want to, you can join our TeamSpeak server. Uh, and that is laveradio.teamspeak3.com. And, of course, we record the show live every Tuesday evening at 8.30 Greenwich Mean Time and stream it out on laveradio.com forward slash live. Thanks to all the commanders that have listened tonight. Uh, until next time, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Theatre Workshop presents Chaos Reborn The Audio Adventures Starring Di Reese and Christopher Jarvis Special episode The Living Forest Written and directed by Christopher Jarvis much more of this forest is there? Hmm. You're quick to complain about your training. Are you teaching me how to be a wizard? Or how to trudge? I had no idea magic required I walk the whole way to Limbo. Hardship is a part of life. This is yours. Skill requires study, dedication, practice. Magic might solve problems, but it's no shortcut. There's no easy life for us. No quick option. You want your enemy, you have to find him. Track him. And kill him? Well, not exactly. Send them back to Limbo. The villagers said people die in your battles. Yes, that is true. But not wizards. The people you summon with to fight for you. 
they die. You ask the big questions first, not how do I make a fire? Magic is magic. I think I should know if I'm to command people to die for me. But you should be asking about fire. Why? Because I need a fire. And that's your answer? Listen, you cannot change what you are. You have the mark. You have the power of a wizard. What kind of wizard you choose to be is up to you. Summon warriors, don't summon warriors. It's your choice. What isn't your choice is how I train you. And I say you need to gather firewood. Fine. I think I saw a fallen tree back that way. There should be some dry wood. Okay. But if I'm killed by spiders because you sent me into the forest alone, I shall haunt you forever. As you wish. So what's in this for you? Eh? This wizard we hunt. Why do you want rid of him? I don't. Then why are we here? He's a wizard lord. He works for the king. And the king... I would have words with him. We fight the lord, beat him, we get to the king. But why this lord? What? There are lords throughout the land. Why this one? He's near, and he's rich. And that's all this is to you? Take a look at that staff you are carrying. Pitiful. Barely enough magic in it to learn student spells, let alone fight a wizard. Do you know how to make a staff? Hmm? Do you know how to bend the wood to your will to channel the power of the vortex? And what of sigils? Talismans? You can craft these? No? You fight a wizard with that sapling, you fail. This king, bad for everyone. Slaves, sacrifices, pain. If you want to fight that, you need power. Power is better magic. Better magic costs money. Alchemists, artificers, they all take their cut. Freedom isn't free. I'll get some more wood. What was that? What was what? Quiet. Now where did that come from? Is this enough? I found a... What's that? Shh. What is it? It's a totem. Wizards use them to make their armies stronger. Where did it come from? It was summoned by the wizard we are hunting. He's here? Of course he's here. He's been here all the time. Haven't you? <laughs> That's very good. I was wondering how long it would take you to work it out. I had my suspicions. The people you claimed were your family were afraid of you. It could have been the power. But it seemed like they didn't really know you. They were serving my wishes. Then, the second time you came back from gathering wood. Yes. You changed your staff. Left it in a tree hollow, did you? Very good. Is that all? No. You asked why we go after this lord. So? You're blind to the hatred your subjects have for you. No one from that town would question why we go after you. You are a monster. Says the wizard who's come to tear me away from the life I've created. 
I give you one chance. Put down your staff. Surrender yourself to Limbo. You will be treated fairly. Never. Go crawling back to that lifeless grey ball of sleep and famine. Not when I command everything that happens here. I promise you I will not let you leave this forest. (laughs) Forest. Fool! This isn't a forest. This is an army. Goblins! You're surrounded, wizard. I send you back with your tail between your legs. It will take more than a handful of goblins to stay my hand. Your judgment is come. Then have it you, wizard, if you have it in you. Yeah! I'll grieve! In that episode of Chaos Reborn The Audio Adventures, Di Reese played the wizard, Christopher Jarvis was the protege, the episode was written and directed by Christopher Jarvis. Chaos Reborn game sound effects and music are copyright Snapshot Games. The series is produced by Christopher Jarvis and is a Radio Theatre Workshop production. To find out more, please visit radiotheatreworkshop.com.